And you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. I'm joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Brett in the studio, uh-huh. Shell on the decks as usual. And actually, we have none other than Mr. Southwell joining us this morning. How are you? Harley. That's right. That's right. Pastor Southwell. Uh, pastor. Pastor. That's right. Hey, we, we've got we've got the the son of Lyle here joining joining us yeah, this morning. Mum was like, "It's take your son to work day." So yeah, yeah. Even though I'm 28, I'm I was like, "Sounds good, mum." <laughs> oh, awesome! No, we're super stoked to have you in the studio down here joining us. We're going to be getting into a Bible study, looking at the Psalms, having a good time, and it's good to have a. Mm. Well, we're pastors in training, Brett yeah, and myself. We've got we've got we've got a graduate. This is, this is here. the wise mentor. That's yes. right. Yes, yes, but I'm not ordinated yet. So. Okay, oh. we're all on the way. We're all yeah. on the way. We're all we're all getting it that's done. That's why. That's why Dad's still pastor. So that's right. Yeah. Ah. In, a year's time, in a year's time, I'll be, I'll yeah. be pastor. You'll be okay. Excellent. Um, Wait, praise well. God. Then, then we'll start to get confusing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. Right now, what do you? What What would be your title? Like associate pastor, uh, junior field pastor, field minister. Field minister. Yep. Okay. Excellent. And then soon, pastor. Ironically, still stuff. works because, like, pastor means shepherd, field minister. You're out in the field. You're yeah, out there with the right, sheep. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, getting it done. Looking after, looking after the sheep. Yeah. So, just a shout out to my field that I'm ministering to, the mm. uh, folks out at Emerald uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Longreach, if, uh, and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Shout out to you guys. Mm, absolutely. Hey, uh, well, let's read some text messages. Actually, before we do that, actually, like. Just a prank. We're not reading text messages right now. We need to have our next quiz question. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are up to question number four. In what fascinating story do these three words appear? Mene, Tekel, and Parson, sometimes mm. written as Ufashen. Yes, if you know the answer to that one, 0491 is the number mm. to text. Where, where do those words show up, you know? Yeah. Written, written on walls and whatnot. You know the yeah. answer? 0491 Of course, our prize for this week, the awesome 40 Days of Prayer. Mm. We have book eight. So maybe you've got one of these books, the previous volumes. This is mm. book number eight. Uh, and all of them, like every single book of 40 Days of Prayer, it's not like book one is like four days and book two is like, an, it's yeah. like they're all 40 days 40 of prayer, days. an amazing program. And this mm. one is particularly focusing on uh, messages to God's end time church, you know, mm. as, as God's end time church, as li- you know, Christians living in the end times, what does it look like for us to fall before God humbly in prayer, connecting with him, being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it's getting at. Yeah. Fantastic devotional. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Again, in what fascinating story do these three words appear? All right, friends, I have some text messages to get through. We have, yep. we have some epic, a lot of engagement epic today. text messages. Okay, firstly from Wayne, he says, Good morning, Lawson and Brett and Shell and Harley. You weren't mentioned in the text message, but you know, we'll, we'll throw it out We're to included. you. Anyway. Nice to be included. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you're well. Missed you yesterday. Uh, if my message is um, you know, time-wasting, let me know. Definitely not. We love your messages mm. coming through, Wayne. Thanks for your messages being sent through. Um, I was thinking about John 14, 3, uh, and it reads, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In faith, I put my Bible glasses on and look through my spiritual eyes. I see Jesus dying on the cross for me and in my place for my sins, in your place for your sins. Jesus is in heaven in the sanctuary in the most holy place now on the day of atonement, confessing all of my sins to the Father and your sins as well. When the Father tells Jesus it is time, Jesus will come again to receive you and me to himself. 
We will be with Jesus in heaven. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you and me. You know how much preparation preparing the royal family had to do when Prince Charles was sworn in to be king. Mm. Can we only imagine what heaven is doing preparing for Jesus to come to his bride as king? The Father watching over everything. Jesus in the most holy place erasing sin. The angels organizing places, music, etc. for a wedding and the king. The Holy Spirit down here working to lead us. Uh, we scurry preaching the gospel to everyone before probation ends. So busy, yet Jesus uh, remembers you and me and says, I go, to prepare a pa- I go to prepare a place for you. Praise God. He is amazing. Amen. That's beautiful. And, uh, Wayne giving us a really good theology and yeah. uh, everything was happening in God's yeah. work for us right now. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Oh. I, I really see, you know, he brought up Day of Atonement, mm. you know, in the sanctuary. And I think the message that we can derive from that is that, you know, or a sentiment that we can derive from it. Maybe not jumping headfirst into the theological aspects, but sentimentally. Jesus is working for our salvation throughout all time. Yeah. He always always to make intercession yeah. for us, as That's Hebrew right. says. Always. He, he, he doesn't get to a certain point and it's like, all right, you know, I've done my work. Go yeah. for it, guys. Live your best life. No, he is always working up until he comes back. That's mm. right. That's he right. Is it's beautiful theology, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like Jesus didn't spend 33 years on earth and get really tired and have a holiday. He's, he's working for us even That's now. Right. Yeah. That's right. It's so cool intercessing, working on our behalf, preparing mm. a place for us. Powerful stuff. Hey, Braden writes in and he says, it's an interesting discussion. Now, this is in regards to your yeah, the Pompeii uh, segment. The Pompeii segment. Mm. Interesting discussion about written history not uh, containing day-to-day lives. If our society were to suffer from Pompeii, not much wouldn't, uh, not much, uh, wouldn't be much for archaeologists to find out about apart from the prevalence of technology and people uh, would be preserved starring, staring at their screen. Yeah, mm. of of course, because there were like people in Pompeii who were preserved, like doing various activities and yeah. whatnot. And, uh, and yeah, I could imagine like they'll get us, you know, doing if, if we just like had volcano <laughs> dropped off or dropped on us, like speaking into microphones, doing the rec show. But it's like when I think about, okay, what else do I do? You know, my other, the other, you know, uh, I'd say like 90% of my day. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, uh, studying. So like looking at my computer or, mm. or eating or something like that. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah and how would how would they how would they be able to dig in and find out what was written on our screens or computers and stuff like that? Like, oh, yeah, with the scroll. Well, that's oh, it. You lose no, the servers. True. You lose the yeah. hard. You lose the hard drives. What's left? Yeah. You know, like our, our modern information gathering is still fragile in its way. Yeah, they see an iPhone and they're like, "Oh, this must be an a. This must be a religious." Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're always they're always holding it so reverently. And yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> they're lining every, up outside the, everyone, the Apple Store. Is the temple right? That's right. <laughs> lining up. Everyone outside. has one. You know, it, it must be. Uh, it must be some kind of tome or icon or artifact people carry on this. Idol. The idol, yeah, that's deep. Oh, if only they knew how true that was. Yeah, well, they're not far off, eh? Hey, Braden also writes in, he says, gambling, uh, as for profit business, uh, should be banned. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and, that, and that's it. Um, Though I am not a fan of governments controlling every choice we make, as in I do think we should have choice to make stupid decisions if we do, if we so desire, but the choice should not be wrongfully swayed, uh, such as the case in gambling advertising. So I am all for banning gambling advertising in all its forms. And mm. absolutely, we did this with smoking. That's right. That's right. And we this did... is, you know, this is, it's it's 
you know, as you said, he makes a good point. We don't want the government to control every aspect of our lives, but we also want the government to step in and stop people being taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, and being abused, and mm. I really think that this, you know, especially gambling advertising, is just abusive in that it, in the way that it preys on addicts. And- yeah, mm. it is. Again, it's it's one of those industries that's similarly similar to the alcohol industry, similar to the smoking industry, similarly similar to like um, the sex and pornography industry. It is so predatory mm. on on both its 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 staff, its users, whatever it may be. Uh, the only ones who are winning are the guys at the top. It That's is right. not constructive. Yeah. It is a vice. We, uh, there is something to be said about the right, and I, I, I really appreciate that Braden's included that, you know, the, the right for people to have a business and, and to make those decisions and whatnot, particularly like in our context today, if we were just to ban drinking overnight, it's like, oh, is, is that maybe impeding on a right that people have previously had and whatnot? Mm. But at the same time, like, and, and, uh, I, and I, I, I come to this as a person who does not drink, as, yeah. as, a, as a former alcoholic as well, as, as a person who has quit drinking and has, has lived a life of sobriety for, for years and years and years now. Like, I, I understand, like, the, the terribleness of, of drinking, of smoking, all, all those things. But yeah, there is regulations needed to be put in place, particularly in gambling, because it is so, when it comes to advertising, so unregulated at the yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And, and realistically, the, the reason that governments first came into being, like in the earliest governments in the world, are ultimately to protect these people. Mm. And protecting the people from predatory people <laughs> in, in predatory organizations is ultimately akin to protecting them from the raiders and bandits of the old days. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Hey, last text message here. Just have a few things growing in my garden. Beans, corn, sunflowers, cucumbers, and a bunch of flowers for the bi- for the bees. And we've also got some photos sent through, but we do want to say, send those through to our Facebook page because we, ca- we don't get them through the text line. We don't mm. get your photos. Send them through to the Facebook page because, as we said... Picks or it didn't happen. Guys, we need, happen. we need to see those gardens. We need to see them to know that they are real. Hey, hey, fantastic stuff. Thanks for your text, guys. You're listening to The Breakfast Chat. Connect with us on 0491 064 669. Alrighty, friends. We are going to get into a Bible study in the Psalms. We have been doing the Psalms since the beginning of this year, and we've had some really fantastic Bible studies and seeing all the different aspects and all the different, I would say, themes that come out in the Psalms, whether it's salvation, whether it's despair, whether it's uh, you know uh, God being sovereign, whether it's his great loving kindness. This week, our study has been on the topic of I will arise, which, you know, looking at uh, the struggles that people are going through, the difficulties that they are facing, and then God uh, being the one who is carrying them out of that. But now, today, we have a particularly interesting start study titled, Pour Out Your Indignation. Mm. Indignation. What do you guys, what comes to mind for you when you think of this? And the pouring out of indignation. I know my mind immediately flashes to the end of the Bible rather than the Psalms, you know, yeah. Revelation chapter 14 and some of the events happening there. But when it comes to pouring out indignation, obviously this is a statement that is coming from the psalmist towards God, you know, requesting that he do so. Mm. Well, what, are we, what are we seeing here? Pouring out of indignation. Yeah, well... I'll let Pastor Southwell answer right. that. <laughs> well, indeed, <laughs> deflect to the to the paid minister. That's awesome. Uh, so indignation, you know, when you get the when you see the word indignation, you think of uh, I w- the first thing I went to is like social media, and like that's a place where you see a lot of indignation. I think in like mm. comment sections and stuff like that. That's what we think <laughs> of today, you know, uh, because the, the the algorithms are driven to drive uh, drive our, drive our you know, 
interaction through baiting us with like rage bait mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so you know, there's that. But all, you know, the the idea of indignation is that you're seeing injustice, mm. and and that is um, that is making you angry. Mm. Um, it's not. It, it it can be indignation for stuff that's happening to you personally, but I often mm. associate it more with witnessing injustice happening to others, and then feeling like a sense of like, wow, I've, I, this is not right. Mm. How this is happening. And so, as we know, God sees everything. Mm-hmm. God is a God of love. God is a God of justice. Mm-hmm. So it should be expected that in him witnessing all of the abuse, all of the selfishness, all of the mistreatment, all of the corruption in our world, mm. that he would be a God who is has indignation. Yeah, Like, mm. it should be expected because it, he would not be a loving God if he didn't have indignation about these things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think the charge that often... Uh, Atheists or, you know, people who are anti-Bible or anti, you know, theism and whatnot, they bring against God is, oh, if, if God is good and loving and exists and created this world, surely he either must be evil because of all the evil on this earth mm-hmm. or he doesn't care about what we go through. And we understand biblically that, you know, the narrative that the Bible shows us is very different from that. God is not the cause of evil, nor is mm-hmm. he not doing anything about evil. Mm-hmm. He is, he is the one solving and fixing the problem of mm. evil and working about doing so in the best way and as uh, and be, that often from the atheist perspective or from the non you know bible reader perspective or whatever it may be where they where they have those sorts of feelings towards god like why is he doing something about it i think indignation and godly indignation is proof that no he, god god is he's real like he 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 is looking upon these situations he does have feelings towards it. Those feelings mm. are he wants to end indignate. Well, he wants to end suffering. He wants to mm. end injustice. Yeah, yeah. He does feel indignation towards evil, mm. uh, and he will work something against it. And that's the call here from the psalmist: yeah. pour out your indignation. And that's the thing. That's that's what's beautiful about the psalms. In some way, like no, it's not indignation directed to God. Mm. It's indignation that is ultimately left to God to deal with. That's mm. right. That's, that's right. what the psalms is often pouring out. There's this sense of the injustice, everything they're struggling against everything they're raging against ultimately they trust god to deal with it and yes we've seen in previous lessons you know that the psalms sometimes they're wondering where god is in all this like we're going through these struggles we're going through these trials where are you in this god Mm. but at the end of the day even through their frustrations and the worst of human emotion they trust the lord yeah and that's powerful and important absolutely hey let's jump into a psalm we've been talking about Mm -hmm. indignation let's jump Mm. into psalm 58 and in in our lesson you know it's highlighting particularly verses 6 to 8 but i feel like this is a psalm we can read the entire thing it's it's only 11 verses i feel as though we can we can read it draw some beautiful lessons out of it we can see you know some Mm. of the information that the psalmist is sharing so if uh, if you could start for us brett in verse 1 and let's start to work our way through this psalm yep do you indeed speak righteousness you silent ones Do you judge uprightly, you sons of men? No, in heart you work wickedness. You weigh out the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear, which will not heed the voice of charmers, charming ever so skillfully. Okay, we'll stop there. Mm. Oh, oh, dude, this is so heavy. Man. I like, like yeah, we, we. This makes my prayers sound so lame. Yeah. 
<laughs> there have been as we've been reading through the Psalms, like particularly some of some of these uh, imprecatory Psalms is the theological word for ah, it. Ah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And some of the lines the here word, that yeah. we see, like I reflect back on some of the music that I listened to when I was like thirteen and fourteen, like on the bus on the way to school, like really mm. sad and edgy and angry, and I'm like, dude, these are some lines, bro. Like this, <laughs> this would fit in perfectly. The wicked are estranged from the womb; they go astray as soon as they are born speaking lies mm. man this is this is incredible like incredible like i i feel like this is amazing from the perspective that uh he the psalmist is is seeing a reality um of th- that really reflects our world the, the lack of neutrality in the lives that we live there is really good and there is really evil and people mm. are on either one of those paths yep. but i do want to put out the question there the wicked going estranged from the womb you know is it really that one-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds are practicing wicked and are distant from God. I have a one-and-a-half-year-old, and he is practicing wickedness. <laughs> <laughs> he's, wow, he's, he's, he's well estranged from the Lord? Or? Yeah, look, that's, it's, it's the human condition, you know. Mm. Um, and we, are, we, we, we need a savior um, because we're mm. born so, so broken. Yeah. Um I, I didn't I didn't teach him how to be sneaky or deceitful and he just learns it on his own. Yeah. Well, right. he inherited it from me probably. Like, <laughs> but uh, but you know it's not he didn't like learn it from me. He, mm. but he mm. might have got the disposition, I don't know. But it's just like he's so cute but he's so like I'm just like man you, he's not good at it yet either. Yeah. He's pretty obvious. <laughs> but uh, he just tries to get away with it. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny. Right, but, you've, you've got kids as well. Uh, you've yeah. got girls though. Is, yes. Are you seeing the sneakiness? Are you seeing their their wickedness and their deceit? Well, my two were very different, but yes, uh, in different ways from the yeah. both of them. They they would try to get what they wanted through various means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially and um my youngest especially like she just has a will of iron. Yeah. And trying to get her to do anything other than her way um, is really difficult to wow. the point that she will sometimes try to do things the opposite of what we were doing. So, yeah. for example, we were um, we were singing like songs like Jesus Loves You, This I Know, and yeah. um, she's just saying, I don't like Jesus. She's going through a phase of, I don't Whoa. like, Whoa. I don't like, so I don't like anyone at the moment, she's saying. Whoa. And, um, you know, it's, again, didn't teach her that, but she, <laughs> she's in this little, she's three, yeah. and she's in this little yeah. three-nager rebellion stage. Yeah. yeah, so I think this is, like, we're talking about kids here, we're talking about yeah. kids here. I don't think this psalm is talking about kids, though. Yeah. No. But this is talking about where these kids will end up, ultimately, you know, if there wasn't, like, godly parents and godly the church mm. and, the, and the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff to guide them. Ultimately, they end up in a place where we get to work, where we have in verse 6 and verse 7 and verse 8, where the imprecatory nature of the psalm comes in, the, the psalmist praying to God to deal with these yeah. wicked people that are yeah. doing, like, so much injustice and stuff. Break off their fangs, oh God. I'm yeah. reading from the New Living Translation. Mm. Smash the jaws of these lions, O oh Lord. May they disappear like water into the thirsty ground. Make their weapons useless in their hands. May mm. they be like snails that dissolve into slime. Like a stillborn, <laughs> like a stillborn child who will never see the sun. That's like heavy stuff, yeah. bro. Yeah. I think it's meant to be hard hitting, right? I was just reading that. I was like, whoo! You know, mm, and it makes yeah. me think, like, man, my prayers. I don't even know if I if I if I pray that you know mm. I just don't feel like that's kind of something that that would yeah. that would come from me but that's yeah. just heavy stuff like obviously this this guy is is has has dealt with some serious crazy abusers yeah mm. you know and um, if we if we reflect on the kind of context of this psalm is being written on you know this this particular psalm doesn't have uh, a title oh uh yeah it is it is of david so this is a psalm mm. of david he you know being both a a king and a warrior as well and mm. we knew how overwhelmingly uh 
nervous kings were about the lives that they led yeah. and how, you know, the cut the, the occupations like cupbearers and whatnot existed as a result. You know, people who would, who would test their food and, and literally just constantly shield them from mm. uh, people who were trying to take them down. Like, yeah, the, he's surrounded. Uh, constantly, he's in a struggle mm. against uh, against evil and against people who are even seeking his life, mm. and so he's he's seeing it very clearly. Yep, the verse ten: the godly will rejoice when they see injustice avenged; they will wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then at the last, everyone will say, "There truly is a reward for those who live for God. Surely there is a God who judges justly here on earth." You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're joined by myself, mm. Brett. We got Harley in the studio as well, and producer Shell on the decks, getting it done as usual. Right now, we are going to have our final quiz question. Final one: If people did not welcome them into the city, Jesus said to shake the what off their feet. Mm. So Jesus is saying, shake something off your feet if they if they do not welcome you into the city. Mm. Um, yeah, oh four nine one. 064669. Remember, we are giving out double points today. Yes. If you if you answer correctly, you get two entries in the draw for each correct question. So, yeah, question five. If people did not welcome them into the city, Jesus said to shake the what off their feet. 0491-064-669. Text through your answers, guys. Let's see how we go. Absolutely. And as well, our prize for this week, the awesome and incredible 40 Days of Prayer, a devotional book that we want to give you absolutely for free. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, 0491-064-669. Right now, we're going to continue. We, we're looking at towards the end of Psalm 58 because we had seen the beginning beginning of the psalm. We have David outlining the these these wicked people, their character, what they're like, where they've come from. Mm. Then he outlines the indignation that God has towards mm. them and calling upon God's indignation uh, that, hey, God, deal with this problem. You have seen this injustice. I am not happy with this. You, God, are not happy with this. Mm. Fix this issue. And then finally, we get into the last couple of verses. Um, and let's let's read verse 9 to verse 11 again, if you can get that for let's us. Let's do it. Before your pots can feel the burning thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, as in his living and burning wrath. The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that men will say, Surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely he is a God who judges in the earth. Is the reward of the righteous the dead, the death of the wicked? What, what do you guys? What do you guys think? Uh, what well, what is the reward of the righteous here that is being received at the, the death of the wicked? It's it's. Um, I would say it's vindication. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much that you're going to profit mm-hmm. from like, mm-hmm. oh, they all died. Now we get to keep their stuff. No, mm-hmm. it's not that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the reward is that, you know, ultimately, you know, for those who were true and unselfish and followed God's law and, mm-hmm. and, and, and went through hardship in this, in this life to ultimately get to the other side where there is peace and they're mm-hmm. living in a place where they don't have to worry about um, being... Um, taken advantage of, yeah, or right. um, you know those, those kind of those kind of negative experiences that we live, yeah. that we live through. But there is a there is a bit of a case to be made for um, this being an example of a bit of human overcorrection, you know, because mm. in our anger, like only God can truly judge righteously. Yeah, like we we all have our biases, and clearly David with his struggles, you know, he he's. He's pretty mad. You can yeah. read that into this psalm. David yeah. is not a happy chap at the moment in mm-hmm. the, at this point in time. Um, 
But it's great that God is ultimately the judge because, yeah, ultimately the reward and the vindication that he gives will be actually better than what David seems to be picturing, which, you know, David's a warrior. David's a fighter. Um, David's picturing a victory on a battlefield, it Mm. seems to me. Like there's the washes feet and the blood of the wicked. That's not necessarily how judgment's going to actually work. Mm. But, you know, at the end of the day, leaving it up to God, it's going to be more just, more righteous than anything that David may have overcorrected a little bit Mm. on. We also, like, in David's immediate circumstances, we see that as he is fighting, you know, as he would go to war with nations that, say, had subjugated at one point Israel or Mm. had, you know, inflicted some kind of pain upon them and then seeing those nations fall around him or, Mm. you know, even before David, I think of the era of the judges or whatever it may be. Like, we do see their vengeance taking place. But what is so clear is that all of those victories were enabled by God. And we saw that in, in the attempts that the children of Israel often made to fight wars in their own strength. Oh, <laughs> they, were they, ter- they were yeah. terrible yeah. warriors. Um, they were they they were terrible. Like they mm. they were really really bad at warfare, yeah. and and they would make uh, the you know all kinds of mistakes, and they would lose all kinds of ground, and they would and they would have these losses. And mm. and but we see here that yeah, God is working on. He, God is bringing you know vengeance. He is mm. he is the one who vengeance should be left up to. And if we we can zoom out a little bit from an immediate context to an overarching context and and also see, yeah, uh, we can also see uh, furthermore like a God bringing vengeance for all sin mm. and all evil. And, and it's beautiful, I think, you know, when we look at judgment at the, at the end of time, Mm. Uh, the first person who's thrown into the lake of fire is like the beast and the false prophet, you know, mm. the institutions that have worked to bring evil and harm to people. Yeah. And then we see the next person thrown is like the author of those institutions, which are mm. ultimately Satan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, it's it's those who will not let go of sin. Mm. And ultimately, and lastly, it's death. Yeah, it's death, death is itself. Thrown, mm. Death yeah. is thrown into the lake of fire, you know, mm. so that's the end. It's done. Mm. You know, there's no more death after that. There's no more mm. any of those any of those terrible things. Mm. Well, I got a question, guys. So the sure. Bible tells us in Matthew five forty four, love your enemies, mm-hmm. bless those who persecute you, pray for those who despitefully use you and abuse you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely say that David's praying for those who are just <laughs> and I don't necessarily say would they, maybe this is coming from a, a, a space of love in his heart for them mm. you know how do we balance because we got to mm. make sure everything because the Bible balances itself out very well sure. how do we balance this these imprecatory psalms mm. with love your enemies mm. I think as I read Psalm 58, and particularly, you know, that, that verse that we highlighted, verse 3 there, the wicked are estranged from the womb, they go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. If I can reflect on my own life, that was me. Like, mm. that, that is me. Like, going astray from the Lord. Uh, and mm. I know I grew up in a context where you know, I wasn't raised in a, in a Christian or a godly family. And then you guys reflecting, as people from godly families, like, and, and raising children now, uh, you're seeing your kids, like, try to make those steps towards deceitfulness mm. or towards hate or towards anger. And the reality is, is I think we are all in this position. And before someone is given over to justice and vengeance, uh, despite the evil they've committed, they have the ability to come to God to fall before him in repentance. Mm. I think the other answer as well, um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic, um, Austin. But the other answer as well is that this is... A, 
God is ultimately the one that's being called on to do these, mm. um, take this vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David's simply expressing his anger. That's right. right that's right. Yeah. And so in our daily lives, it's okay for us to be angry at the wicked, mm. uh, at the abusers, at the, you know, but, and, 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 it's, and we should, we should make sure that they, they are held accountable mm. uh, for those things. But our, uh, we should, uh, it is not up to ourselves to then, you know, beat them up. And, 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 and all those kind of things. We should still yeah. treat them with, with love and feed them and, and, yeah. and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but praying still in our hearts that they will come to God yeah. for, for salvation. And if not, that God will deal with them justly and righteously yeah. as in, they deserve. In some sense, it's like letting it out, like letting that anger out and then leaving it up to God, like leaving the actual judgment phase yeah. to and the Lord himself. Where my mind goes with this is the experience of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, firstly... Uh, that he was there saying, God, if it's your will, let this cut pass from me. If not, you know, your will be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus takes indignation on himself mm-hmm. as yeah. our savior. Uh, he, he, although, like, even though he is completely innocent, he deserves no indignation uh, mm-hmm. because he, he, there is no vengeance to be had against Christ, yet That's he right. takes it on him. But furthermore, then the experience of, of coming out of that on the way out of the garden, you know, being met by the, the officials and, uh, the, you know, his capture, and you have Peter drawing a sword, cutting the ear off of the servant, and Jesus turning to Peter and saying, like, no, like, healing this guy's ear first yeah, and foremost. Those who live by the sword will mm. die by the sword. Yeah. And, but then he says, oh, like, you know, if I wanted, 12 legions of angels could show up. Now, the interesting thing is that at, at the return of Christ, there will be legions of angels. There will be destruction upon the earth. Probation mm. will be closed. There will be justice and vengeance. But till that point, you could say that the, the opportunity, the door is still open. The mm. door is still open. And even to those who led Jesus to his crucifixion, the door was open. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And it has come time Mate, no more questions, just answers. Just let's answers. Let's get into it. Hey, let's let's run through it if you can. Let's do it. Brett. So question one was true or false? Luke contains the most text of the four Gospels. The answer is true. The answer Luke is, is the longest. Yep, that is right. Yeah, mm. It's actually funny. I know a family, and uh, they have four sons, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're <laughs> all massively tall. But Luke is by far the tallest. Like he's he's the tallest out all the, and he's also symbolic. Like, God has blessed that. Family. Yeah, that's right. With <laughs> with tall children and one especially tall child. <laughs> that's and he's, it's Luke, which is cool. That's great. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, good. No, Luke's very thorough. Mm-hmm. Uh, question two: God said, "When His word goes out, it will not void." Return void, yeah, that's void. right. Uh, return void. And that's because... Sorry, I forgot return. Yeah, the, the promise there that God is giving is that ultimately when his word is dispensed, it will bring change about in people. I feel like this is a beautiful encouragement because uh, we live in a time in which which it is so easy, it's easier than ever before uh, to communicate with people, to dispense God's word. Yet I think people are continually under the impression that, oh, God's word isn't powerful. And unfortunately, 
even Christians themselves can take on this kind of idea that, oh, when it comes to preaching in church, it's like, oh, should we focus on the Bible? You know, I've even had conversations with people recently uh, that, you know, have, have gotten into a little bit of like, oh, you know, we're, we're Christians, we're not Bibleists, you mm. know, <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not bound so much to this, but no, yeah. God's Word is, that is where the truth yeah. is, that John is where 1, the power 1. is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right. Like, the Word of God yeah. is the, our it's how God speaks to us, yeah. right? We know that, yeah. that, you know, the Bibles that are sitting around us aren't literally, you know, we don't believe in pantheism. Jesus mm. isn't literally that Bible, but he yes. identified, he's like, this word is me. Mm. So the word's so strong there. And Good when too. it goes out, you know, as much as Jesus would do the work of healing, of saving, of all these amazing things that he did, it's like, he mm. is saying, when my word goes out, it will have that power. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Hey, let's get into our uh, next Question one. three was a fill in the blank one. Uh, and it comes from Psalm 97.10. You who love the Lord hate evil. Mm. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. So hate was the missing word. Yeah, I love that too. And I think... Yeah, I'll, we got a few hate texts from that one. Yeah. Oh. I was looking over... Yeah, we got all sorts of hate mail today. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like looking over at the messages coming in, I was like, hate, hate, hate. I was like, oh, what are we doing wrong? Oh. Well, uh, <laughs> it's oh, the, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, unless so if anyone good. was talking about our segments, let us know, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And I love like the, the way that the New Testament would like agree with this sentiment, but maybe recontextualize it a little bit when, mm. when John would write, those who love God and love the children of God keep his commandments. Because that's mm. what we see there. That's that's the dichotomy yep. we have. The like evil and sin is the breaking of His law, and mm-hmm. it's like those who love God. It's like how can we? Yeah, we, we can have to hate make sure e- we're not defined by what we hate, but rather what we love. Th- exactly, mm. exactly. But by what we love, it will also that will mean bring in naturally things yeah. that we yeah injustice and evil. And so Absolutely. On. Question now, four. Yeah, very interesting one here. Yeah, in what fascinating story do these three words appear? Mene, tekel, pasin. That's actually from Daniel five. Yeah, Daniel chapter five. Yeah, like. A history-defining story, actually, Massive. like a very fantastic story, of course, of the the last moments of the Babylonian or the Neo-Babylonian Empire mm. before they are, well, I would say that their, their great power that they had over the Middle East at the yeah. time before they are usurped by, mm. you have the, the, the Medo-Persians coming yeah. in at, at that time. And, and origin Daniel of the phrase, there. the writing on the wall, yeah. right, that we use a lot today. You Abs- see the writing on the wall. Absolutely. Yeah. King I- Belteshazzar. Yeah, and, th- and those words as well. It's your kingdom is divided, and it will be taken yeah. from you. The ultimate message that's being drawn out here, and mm. that's something that we, again, we observe in history. It was that defining and decisive battle, the walking mm. ju- through the riverbed and under the gates. Yep, that um, very night he was he was gone. He was he up. was taken out, and then when we mm. see there that it was God working to establish those kingdoms as well. Mm-hmm. There's also yeah. some very interesting, you know, archaeological information that we we found uh, that event confirmed through mm. archaeology and those kings confirmed through archaeology that yeah. the Bi- that historians previously accused you know the the bible of saying oh no this is made up this is fiction mm. uh, but we've seen through archaeology this amazing event is actually true yeah. and taking place the very final- last question yeah, was if people did not welcome them into the city jesus said to shake the what off their feet the answer is dust the dust yeah you know we're talking about indignation before uh and we we're talking about the indignation that god has towards sin and we see gentle jesus here he's like hey like you know if if they reject you, they will be rejected. That's that's yeah. the message that he shares yeah, there. Absolutely. But despite that, uh, when they accept him, despite you know growing up in rejection, growing up in sin, those that rejection and sin that we've already committed, God will accept those who fall before and him. And he ultimately takes mm. the rejection that we deserve. Absolutely. And overcame it. Powerful yeah. stuff. And we have 
quickly and swiftly come to the end of the Brecky Show. Now, yeah. there's, this is maybe sad for us because we don't get to keep talking and interacting mm. with you guys, but good for you because there's more amazing programming here on Faith FM. But, hey, we're super stoked. Thanks, Brett, for joining us. Also, Harley for joining us in the studio. Always fun to this pop in. This morning. Yeah, amazing. And we actually had some 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 fan mail come in for you, Harley. <laughs> we had Janelle and Braden writing in. Hi, Harley. You know, hi, Pastor or Phil minister so you know harley southwell um and these are these are some of your church members that you know yeah, previously previous church yeah, so yeah yeah thanks guys for saying hi yeah shout out brisbane you know shout out the amazing logan uni- reserve yeah logan reserve mm. amazing churches, yeah. ministry that's happening mm. out there hey as usual when we come to the end of the show no more questions to ask but rather something to give away for free and i have a book in front of me it is called life is good Life is good, but furthermore, the best is yet to come by William G. Johnson. Now, this is getting into the fact that we can experience, I think, such joy and happiness on this earth, but simultaneously we are surrounded by, as we've been talking about today, injustice, suffering, sadness. But this is not the end. God has something better. And getting into you know how we can theologically and maybe from a theodicy perspective evil and whatnot how can we how can we correctly have in our perspective the suffering that happens on this earth Mm. but furthermore the life to come and the blessedness that that is if you want this book just text in the word book to 0491064669 the first texter will get this absolutely for free thank you for joining us this morning guys and remember to talk faith live faith and act faith and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.